And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we begin Initial Hearing Friday. Gary, how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay. <laughs> coming, up, coming up on the show today, and I posted on Twitter, we'll get uh, uh, to it in a little bit, uh, Representative Dan Goldman is starting to sound like the a bad prosecutor on Matlock. You, you know, know where Matlock, Matlock has everything down perfectly, and the prosecutor's just bumbling, you know, <laughs> guy who just makes all these basic mistakes and and then at the end good job Ben, good job and it was like yeah but you're an idiot you missed all this stuff should have never had that person on trial or whatever and dan goldman uh it was funny because after the the transcripts uh, came out we'll get into details on that later on Mm -hmm. i want to we want to get something uh uh, first on that but Mm -hmm. i just shook my head i just went i went wow this is just it's absolutely it's horrible by the way even cbs recognized it Wrongway so, Goldman is what I'm going to start calling him. Yeah, I mean, he's working for the other team. Well, you, you know, as <laughs> as CBS pointed out, remember that uh, what do they call it? The illusion of influence. Yeah, yeah. That and and uh, CBS pointed out that because you know, Goldman was saying no, it was the illusion of influence, the illusion of influence, mm-hmm. and it was pointed out by CBS. Archer didn't say that. Goldman said that. Right. Goldman said right. the appearance of yeah of 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 influence it wasn't Archer who said it and that's what Goldman was attempting to do and the the interesting thing was it was Goldman who first came out we want it released we want it released we want this transcript released we want it released because if it's released you'll see just this it's all about the illusion of influence yeah. well no you said it i mean uh, uh Miranda Devine uh tweeted Dan Goldman he's three for three now yeah I mean, he, he yeah, just keeps throwing his own team while the president more specifically under the bus yeah I mean it's just it's just you shake your head and you're just like uh I you, it's just like you need to 
dude, you need to shut up. Yeah. Just don't say yeah. anything. Quit talking. But the the one thing we want, uh, because you and I are having a discussion on it, because we just we we don't get it. Uh, you know, for example, in any legal case, I don't care whether it's Trump or whether it's uh, uh, Biden. Mm-hmm. We're looking for what specific law has been broken. And if you've right. listened to this show, you know that's what we focus on. Right. You know, we started out yesterday's show talking about the fact that uh, 20% of uh, Americans, the vast majority of them Democrats, <laughs> of course, uh, would vote for Biden even if they knew he took bribes to enrich his family, mm-hmm. that if it was true. Mm-hmm. And we said, who are, you know, who are these people? Because if whatever candidate I'm going, whatever candidate I like, if I knew they took a bribe that compromised America's policy, I won't vote for them. Right. That I'm that I'm not going to, uh, you know, uh, uh, do. And and so we just we you know, we we talk about, uh, you know, where the you know, that 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 in any any type of crime, you know, bribes are easily understood. You know what the crime actually is. And we've talked about this with Biden. You know, we know where the Republicans are going on it. Influence peddling. Everybody knows it. Every, the, be, why? Because these cases, cases like this outside of the presidency are common. Mm-hmm. You know, setting up, you know, organized crime or whatever, setting up an LLC to launder money through fake corporations and to move money around mm. is something that has been done. Mm-hmm. That isn't a new concept. And so you look at, you know, and so that, that's for Biden. When we look at the, the Biden situation, when you look at the Trump situation here yesterday, you we've been asking the question, what is the specific crime? Lay it out for us. There isn't anything that you and I won't lay out right. on either side and say, right. this is why this would be against the law for this person. Mm-hmm. So here's Bill Barr on CNN yesterday, uh, uh, former uh, Trump uh, attorney general. And to me, legally, this is an, imb- I, I, you know, I I was playing it during the, the, the pre-show meeting and looked at you. You probably could you feel my frustration or just anger. And it's not my anger in his opinion. It's the fact that he doesn't explain anything. Right. He generalizes something without explaining well, this would be the specific crime. Here we go. Let's play it. Okay. And for some reason, everything was working fine, and now it's not working at all. <laughs> Hang on. We'll try it again, okay? All right. All right. Here we go. All right. Um, do, we have it, do we have it up? Okay. That's okay. As a legal matter, I don't see a problem with with the indictment. I think uh, that uh, it's not an abuse. The the uh, Department of Justice is not acting uh, to weaponize the department by proceeding against the president for a conspiracy uh, to subvert the electoral the electoral process. Which is what Trump's attorneys are saying, and they're also saying that he was just exercising. His First Amendment right here. Do you think that's a valid argument in your view? No, I really don't think that's a valid argument. Because you know, as the indictment says, you know, he he they're, they're not attacking his First Amendment right. Uh, he can say whatever he wants. He can even lie. He can even tell people that uh, that uh, the the election was was stolen when he when he knew better. But uh, 
that does not protect you from entering into a conspiracy. All conspiracies involve speech, and all fraud involves speech. So, uh, you know, free speech doesn't give you the right to engage in a fraudulent conspiracy. The other thing that there are... Okay, I just wanted to play that because you can see she's changed the topic, so that was it. Where exactly specifically where is it enter into the conspiracy? Right. What is it that he said at any point that he became part of the conspiracy? Well, uh, an illegal conspiracy, understand? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you can make what we're talking about, right? Right. But it's 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 important because uh, as soon as he's talking to his lawyers Mm -hmm. or he is talking to Pence, you can say, okay. You know, there there is no, a number of people that are involved in the same mindset of pushing something like uh, that that uh, 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 that they believe that constitutionally that Pence has the right to delay the process of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now, he may not have that. He may not have that right, but that is a congressional process. It may. There are tons of things that are done that are unconstitutional. That are not, you know, that that are not prosecuted. They're not against the law. Things happen all the. How many times has the Biden administration over the last two years been found by the Supreme Court to be absolutely doing things that are unconstitutional? Well, and and, and, and so the Democrats did the same thing with the election of 2016 in the first few months of 2017. They were saying yeah. it out loud. And so, you know, when you say something, when it, what Barr is doing is demonstrating how someone, any person, can, can say something and still break the law. What he hasn't done is demonstrated clearly how Donald Trump on that day broke the law oh, or right. at any point entered into a conspiracy to the point of it being a crime. Right. What is the specific crime? What is the law and how does the crime specifically relate to it? And I share in your frustration. I had frustrations all along that entire chain of events. And I look at A.G. Barr, I did as someone who can demonstrate where where any law might be broken. I mean, where's he ever had trouble f- with that before? He hasn't, and I th- he didn't explain anything to me. And this is the problem that, and, you know, I would I, I was wondering, well, is, is, is uh, Friday morning going to come with uh, clarification? Is he going to walk it back or attempt to explain? Because if not, zero credibility with me. If you can't demonstrate on all the things, if you want to talk about the documents case and say, here's where he might have broken the law or here's where it could be problematic, it still has never been prosecuted. We've gone through all of it. We've gone through all that over and over again. And by the way, he he talked about that. He said, and, and it was a broader statement. He said, look, you can't keep it, you can't keep those kind of documents at a resort, at a place where there are other people on a regular basis. Now, I would say 
his quarters or his quarters, his um, uh, his living area where the former president lives at Mar-a-Lago. That's not something you can just walk into. The Secret Service isn't going to allow you to do that. But you could have the discussion where that case might be problematic. On on any of these things, I'm still waiting for someone to say, boom. Here's where he broke the law. Like we said on the on the documents case, if he if they could prove that he was showing uh, top secrets to people who didn't have clearance, that's going to be a problem if they can prove that. Right now, we understand the fact that it's still a two tier system of justice. Yep. Yep. Because of the fact of yep. what Hillary got away with, right. which was seemed to be the precedent that the Department of Justice has set. You can make the argument that was a different Department of Justice. Right. Right. But the fact is, you cannot say that Trump should be prosecuted and Hillary should not have right. been, been right. prosecuted. And then when we look at the Biden situation and when we look at the Department of Justice, and that's why it almost seems as if it's naive for him to say the Department of Justice you know, has not been weaponized here when you look at everything that we see from the Department of Justice and not have the opinion that they've been weaponized. Right. You know, to sit there and and, and even at the minimum, even if you're a doubter, say, this is just strange because how come it always seems to only go in one particular direction here? Well, and, 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 and it was like, you know, they're giving him a chance here, liberal media, to, uh, you know, to uh, uh, destroy the argument of those that are just saying it with free speech. And then he doesn't actually go there. No, he demonstrates he how you can break the law while talking. You can say things and it still be part of a crime. But he does not demonstrate where the former president did that. And that's the, that's where you have to stop him. Of course, they're not in, they're not really uh, interested in, in the truth at all here. They're just interested in A.G. Barr saying something that they believe will be damaging uh, politically against Trump. Well, the fact of the matter is is that if you're talking to his former AG, I want you to nail the coffin shut. If I'm a liberal, where did he break the law? Now, what was Specifically, that? Right. where did he break it? Don't just say he conspired. Don't read me the indictment. I've seen it. It's garbage. Tell me where he, where that incident is or set of incidents that made it unlawful. Well, you know, the, and part of the argument has been, and you see yesterday, even liberals, I was reading you from National Review, well, it all depends on what the president's mindset is, whether yeah. he knew he was lying, whether he didn't know he was lying. Yeah. And my point would be, no, it's not. Because right. it doesn't matter whether you know you're lying. Right. Because that happens all the time. Politicians, mm-hmm. Biden knows right. he's lying constantly. Right. Green Jean-Pierre knows she's lying Well, it's the definition, of a, it's the definition right. of a lie. And you say right. something you know isn't true. Right. So you're saying, so if it was, if Trump believed it or at any time believed it, he might not have initially believed it, but then he believed it a month from there. No, it's either free speech, the, the illegal conspiracy, to me, has to be proven that it is a conspiracy to break the law right it might not necessarily be oh i don't believe because we have seen it through government it's not to do something that's unconstitutional right and it's and it's not you know to defraud the, the 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 government or whatever because you can make the case if this is a case where trump defrauded the government 
legitimately, then why is why didn't the Department of Justice, after the Durham report, massively go after the Hillary campaign? Right. All of, all because, of because Durham's with, report, everything right. from Durham's report is still actionable even today from the current attorney general. He doesn't have to wait for Durham to give him the recommendation on that. Right. Right. And and so we and we've known that for the longest time that they actually set up an enterprise where money moved through yeah. to create a lie in order to uh, hurt the, you know, you know, basically have a conspiracy where money flowed to attempt to interfere in the 2016 election and then afterwards attempt to destroy a uh, a, a uh, to defraud the government mm-hmm. and to make the country believe that the Donald Trump administration was legitimate, I- illegitimate. Right. Was not legit. Right. And they talked about it all the time. And you can go through the money transfers, the lies, the fact that the SEC already fined the Hillary campaign for basically lying about where that money was being was was flowing. Mm. None of that exists here. It's almost as if the talk to because this is their side, the, the talk and the group of people that told Pence that you can do this and you can delay this and you can use different electors or whatever. It may be wrong, but it's not illegal to say that. Right. And it's not illegal to tell him that we believe this is constitutional. Right. Whether you do or not. As I agree with, I hate to say this, I agree with Dershowitz and not Bill Barr. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which he goes, the Barr isn't risen at all to that point. Barr just seems to be repeating Jack Smith here. We got a great show ahead. 866-90-RED-EYE. Keep your engine humming in the heat this summer by keeping up with preventive maintenance. Think your PM is complete after your oil is changed? Think again. There's grease, transmission fluids, and gear oil to consider, too. Clean gear oil, for example, extends gear, bearing, and seal life. It also protects against low-speed, high-torque wear, and high-speed scoring. That means not only longer equipment life and reduced maintenance costs, but also improved fuel economy and lower operating costs. So the next time you plan for your oil change purchase, don't neglect lubrication and inspection especially on components and parts that work hard to keep your vehicle running safe and smooth. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP. 
Redeye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Interesting thing is, uh, you know, you think about the whole January 6th uh, uh, situation. You think about, it's interesting that the the uh, interview with Tucker Carlson with that one, the Capitol Police guy. Yeah. That, that they never aired that came out. Right. And you just think about the number of different witnesses that the defense will call about, you know, about January 6th. Mm. Uh, I just, uh, again, I'm, I still don't have, uh, you know, a clear handle, you know, after, you know, we played the Bill Barr comments, it's like, you didn't explain it. Hey dude, you didn't explain it. Please explain it to me precisely. That's what we've done with, you know, for example, with Hunter Biden, we did it with Hillary Clinton. Uh, we yeah. did it with, uh, with, uh, with Joe Biden. Right. It's like, okay, what right. are they looking for? Right. And all along we have said influence peddling, uh, at, at, you know, isn't always illegal. It's viewed as corruption, but it isn't always illegal. The American public hates it, and that's what the Republicans have to prove. And that's why we're talking about the connection of the dots and everything that's going on now. In fact, we'll get to that coming up next. But you don't have any type of clarity in this particular case at all against the former president. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. If you'd like to get into the show, good morning. How's everybody doing? Hello. So, uh, so this here was uh really interesting um yesterday let me just see did i did i save it here um hold it oh yeah yeah here we go this was the thing that i saw this morning where i went oh my gosh representative goldman is like the bad prosecutor on a matlock episode that just <laughs> yeah. seems to be clueless and matlock just you know runs circles around him or right, i guess right. you know perry mason or whatever or where the prosecutor always loses columbo you know you know, where the guy is just goofy and he thinks yeah. that Columbo, the detective, is just, you know, just right doesn't know what he's doing. Ah, excuse me. Uh, one more question. <laughs> but uh, this is and, and really when it came out, you know, I think a lot of people look, well, 
just shook their heads going, wow, Goldman's just an idiot. But uh, the, uh, the, the Goldman, uh, here's a back and forth between him and Archer. This is a one that I saw immediately, and I went to, I, I woke up. I mean, I woke up and saw this. I mean, I woke up, saw this, I went to Twitter, and there was Miranda Devine. And I just, you know, she, the one that you read, Goldman's three for three here and blowing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's when I went, this is like the, this is like that, the, you know, the idiot prosecutor in a Matlock episode. Yeah. Goldman is like, but, uh, so here it is, just a transcript. But that's different than Joe Biden's actions, Mr. Archer. Right. You're just talking about that Hunter was on the board. Right. And I think that's why, and then Goldman, and so, and then Archer, it was able to survive for as long as it did. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, by then Goldman by because of additional capital or Archer just because of the brand Goldman. Well, I don't understand. How does that have an impact? Well, the capabilities to navigate DC that they were able to, you know, basically be in the news cycle. And I think that preserved them from, uh, you know, from the longevity standpoint, that's like my honest, that's like, uh, really what I, that's like how I think, Holistically, and that Archer, by the way, is a weird guy, by the way, just mm. so you, you, know, you see his smile. And then <laughs> Goldman says, well, how would that work? Well, because people would be intimidated to mess with Baris- Burisma. In what way? Archer, legally. Goldman, uh-huh. <laughs> Walked him right into it. Oh my gosh! I, like, no, that's like, totally a Matlock move. I mean, it was. I mean, I just I lost it. And then this is uh, <laughs> this this is CBS, and I'm telling you, they <laughs> you could see it. Uh, the uh, host Anne Marie Green, you could you could just see it in her face and what she says. Oh, oh, that that that's that's interesting. She didn't like what she was hearing at all here, uh, as uh, they uh, they they talk about. Uh, she talked about, she asked the question, why are Democrats and Republicans disagreeing on the context of the transcripts? All right, here's this back and forth. Why mm-hmm. are Democrats and Republicans disagreeing on the context of the transcripts? Well, earlier this week, we just had to rely on the characterization from Republicans and Democrats about Devin Archer's testimony, but now we can see the full transcript. Uh, you'll recall that Democrat uh, Congressman Dan Goldman said that Archer testified that it was the illusion of access Hmm. to Joe Biden that Hunter Biden was offering to these clients. But in fact, when you look at the transcript, what you see is that that phrase, illusion of access, is in Dan Goldman's question. Hmm. It's actually not what Devin Archer testified to. He says, yes, but that's not quite fair. This was about showing that there was the signal that there's influence and and access here. And Archer goes on to say that there were business meetings that Joe Biden attended, or business meetings, rather, meals with business associates. And what he also said is that after at least one of those meals, money was wired to Hunter Biden that he believed had paid for one of his sports cars. So there's a lot here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, in addition to these uh, emails as well. I mean, she was her. But that was on CBS. So you really you, look, you, you can't hide any of this uh, of what's uh, what's going on. And again, now that we're well, we're at the end of our week, not the end of their week. 
But yeah. is, is Biden back? Is Kareem Jean-Pierre back next week? There's a lot to cover if they're back next week, if Biden's finally off, you know, extended vacation. I have to wonder if her days are numbered, if she wants her days to be numbered. Who was I having that discussion with yesterday? I was having that was having that discussion with because about, the, about, be, because as the walls close in and they are, there's really nowhere to go in that room. Well, I I had the discussion that we had on Kareem Jean Pierre months back, mm. where it's like, why don't they get rid of her? And I said because I I I actually think, and you and I've talked about this many mm. times before, mm. yeah, that they you know that they have because she's been out there day in and day out. And everybody knows that she lies, that lying becomes accepted. Well, it's, and, it's, and I think when we discussed it before, it was what we said back during the Obama years. Look, he is telling a lot of lies, but, but the Republicans just keep saying he's a liar, he's a liar, he's a liar. So then that just gets old with them just saying liar, liar, liar all the time. And with her, you kind of build it in. I think they, absolutely love having her there i wonder if she she loves being there maybe she does i could be completely wrong i could be completely wrong you saw her uh predecessor jen saki the other day get this indictment and share it with your friends no january, i didn't yeah, see that the january 6th <laughs> indictment on trump share it with yeah, your share friends. it with your like have an indictment reading party what are you talking about we're having an what indictment happy hour tomorrow yeah, i mean seriously ha- haven't they learned <laughs> at msnbc remember when uh what's her name had the uh had the tax returns and then all of a sudden they went through what a 45 minutes of setup for Trump's tax returns. No, that was Rachel, Rachel Maddow. Rachel right? Maddow. Yeah, yeah. And there was nothing and, there. And then they get to the last segment, and it's like, wah, wah, wah. And it was, it was this big letdown. But they keep doing this all the time, this gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And, and everybody is so off focus. You know, as I read where Frank Lunds, and this is what he does. So, you know, what, whatever it was, 28%. 28% of of uh, Republican voters said they would still vote for Trump if he were in prison or something like that. I mean, it was like, what are you guys doing? What are you doing here? Can we stick up, stick on the facts of the case? There, right now, there's one case that is even remotely a threat to the former president, and it's the documents case. And I don't even know that that one has any strength at all. It just depends on how if they can prove the the whole secret documents and and also the political will. Well, they may they no, may stretch like, that thing out. And and you know the thing is is that everybody is focused on you know assuming he's going to prison or you know like today or yesterday. You know he's on his way. He's on his yeah, way. There's the, the, like, dra- the, the calm down. The the drama addicts are 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 out there um, are out there big time on it. And you know, and when you look at the documents case, for example, you know, we talked about the two tier system of justice. We've talked about as uh, Ramaswamy has, mm. or even Dershowitz. You know, the prosecution of basically process crimes. You know, remember, yeah, remember, right, yeah. uh, re- yeah. remember the. Uh, the the rhetoric that was like crazy with uh with Michael Flynn. Oh yeah. You know, and that uh Trump uh Trump committed obstruction of justice. 
on uh, obstruction of justice uh, uh, on what underlying crime. And right, that's right. why, you know, you and I have been talking about Ramaswamy has talked a lot about that, which is why he said he'd pardon him immediately, because we're talking about presidents of the United States. We're talking about classified documents. We're mm-hmm. talking about the fact that Hillary wasn't treated the same in all likelihood. You know, I'd be very surprised if Biden faces anything, uh, you know, on the uh, uh, on the uh, uh, classified uh, documents, but maybe it all depends on where you know this whole thing goes uh, with uh, with uh, with uh, Hunter Biden. But uh, when we had talked about it, we said, you know, what can the prosecution prove? Presidents can break the law, but technically, but a lot of as we know, these things aren't prosecuted, or presidential candidates aren't prosecuted because they view it as election interference, and that presidents are different, especially when it comes to classified documents but you and i said here where trump here's where trump is vulnerable if you get the right jury and you get you know whether you believe he should be prosecuted or not is not the case right can they get him on something and where they have the greatest chance would be on the classified documents even though it shouldn't i don't believe it should be there and you don't either we're just saying where he is vulnerable Mm -hmm. where we believe he's most vulnerable i still don't know as we have talked about with with bill barr saying well just because you know you've got freedom of speech doesn't mean you you have freedom of speech of a conspiracy well, sure yeah. 10 people can hold the same false false uh you know false or true um uh, opinion right and and then promote it to somebody else right you can sit around in a room and talk to a lot of people about a lot of things and have the same views right. and say something should be done does that rise to a legal or illegal, illegal cons- conspiracy. Con- conspiracy? And that's what you have to get to. That's why Bill Barr, it, it's honestly, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm convinced everybody's smoking weed now. <laughs> and, and it's not that I put all the confidence into Bill Barr, but up until now, he has been, very clear on, okay, well, here's where the law is broken, and here's what they would have to demonstrate. But he went full on Jack Smith on, on that interview. Well, he didn't, he didn't explain it to me. Right. And if you get on TV and you say, no, this indictment is legit, and there is no weaponization of the Department of Justice with everything that's going on and the suspicion that most people have, you better damn be specific on it. And by the way, at the end, though, mm. you saw at the end, they asked him, well, then you wouldn't vote for Trump. Well, it'll be the worst of he didn't. He, he didn't say that he would vote for Trump. <laughs> that was the well, best part at the it end. Was just, but, yeah. but he didn't he didn't explain it. You know, you go through Turley, especially Turley. Dershowitz does a pretty good job, but Turley does the best job in going point by point by point on all the legalities. Yeah, and remember, yeah, yeah. he's a Democrat. Right. And so you look at it and you go, all right, this guy's up front. You know, this guy's up front. He goes, here's the law. Here's this. Here's this. This has never been prosecuted before. They're going after Trump, uh, you know, uh, for this. But even on when you look at the classified documents, when you the difference between that and here is I don't see where any law applies to this or the law they're attempting to use applies to it. And Barr, if you're going to get on national TV, you damn well better explain specifically, especially when you've had credibility before in discussing the law and you've done it before, you better do what Turley's doing, which is every time Turley writes something, you can look at it, you understand it, and you go, oh, okay, 
That's why it's not against exactly. the law. Exactly. Exactly. I know when I listen to when I read Turley, I know exactly where he's coming from. And I want to be the same way, too. I don't just want to throw out a generality and say Biden is guilty because he's a Biden. Right. Bring I'm, up the bring up the law that he broke and right. specifically where right. he broke or, or by Biden is a criminal because he lies. Yeah. You no, know, I'm not going to say that. No. You know, I'm not going to throw out generalities. I Anything I do is I believe he's compromised and I'm very clear to qualify that i haven't proven he's compromised i believe, I believe it. it right i'm not a prosecutor Eight six six ninety red eye we'll be right back with more red eye radio with eric harley and gary mcnamara What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning and uh, welcome. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What? What happened? See that headline? What's uh, that? Republicans return to the salt mines. Eight members want to subsidize high taxes now to Democratic states. That's coming back up again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the they, salt tax. They, they want to lift the cap. Of course, I, all those Republicans, the eight members, are all in high-tax states. Yeah, I, I think... You know, it was inevitable that you would have a handful of Republicans. You and I talked about it along the way that would come back to try and revisit this. I don't know what attention it gets, though. I don't know that that right now it's the it's, you know, top priority. It it may become one. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm I, you know, maybe maybe it is. Well, but it's, part are, of the, it's part of the tax uh, uh, bill. The, the mm-hmm. Republicans have a tax cut bill that they yeah. want to promote right. moving into the next, you know, next election. Mm-hmm. And Republicans will probably hold that from from happening because mm-hmm. they want it. So right, right. that's where it would that's where it would Im- be an impact as Republicans wish to cut taxes. Right. And they wouldn't be able to do it. And, you know, I mean, look, it's it, it seems like one of those tax issues on the salt tax. That's a little in the weeds for where we are right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I understand. <laughs> Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit houseproducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Morning. Hello. 
Uh, Jonathan Turley uh, updated a story that he had written uh, two days ago. Indicting Trump for knowingly false statements about election sets U.S. on the danger uh, on a dangerous path. Special Counsel Jack Smith made history on Tuesday. It just wasn't the federal indictment of a former president. Smith already did that in June with the indictment of Donald Trump on charges he mishandled classified documents. No, Smith and his team have made history in the worst way by attempting to fully criminalize disinformation by seeking the incarceration for a politician on false claims made during and after an election. The hatred for Trump is all is so all-encompassing. By the way, understand, for people that don't know, and we say this every time to qualify it, Jonathan Turley is a Democrat, right? a lifelong Democrat. Mm-hmm. The hatred for Trump is so all-encompassing that legal experts on the political left have ignored the chilling implications of this indictment. The complaint is based largely on statements that are protected under the First Amendment. It would eviscerate free speech and could allow the government to arrest those who are accused of spreading disinformation in elections. In 2012, United States versus Alvarez decision, the Supreme Court held 6-3 to three that it is unconstitutional to criminalize lies in a case involving a politician who lied about military decorations. Uh, the court warned that such criminalization would give government a broad censor power unprecedented in this court's, uh, in this court's cases or in our constitutional tradition. The mere potential for the exercise of that power cast a chill, a chill the First Amendment cannot permit if free speech, thought, and discourse are to remain the foundation of our freedom. That precedent did not deter Smith. This indictment is reminiscent of the case against former Virginia Governor Bob, excuse me, Bob McDonald. His conviction on 11 corruption-related charges or counts was unanimously overturned by the Supreme Court in 2016 with Chief Justice John Roberts writing the, that federal prosecutors relied on a, quote, boundless definition of actions that could trigger criminal charges against political leaders. Smith is now showing the same abandon in pursuing Trump, including detailing his speech on January 6, 2021, before the riot, while omitting the line where Trump told his supporters to go to the U.S. Capitol to peacefully protest the certification. Yeah. While the indictment acknowledges that candidates are allowed to make false statements, Smith proceeded to charge Trump for making knowingly false statements. Mm. On election claims, Smith declared that Trump knew that they were false because he he was notified repeatedly that his claims were untrue. The problem is that Trump had lawyers and others telling him that the claims were true. Smith is indicating Trump for believing his lawyers over his other advisors. He said, I criticized Trump's January 6th speech while he was still giving it and wrote that his theory on the election and certification challenge was unfounded. However, that does not make it a crime. If you take a red pen to protected speech in this indictment, it would be reduced to a virtual haiku. Moreover, if you concede that Trump may have believed that the election was stolen, the complaint collapses. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Smith also noted that uh, Trump made false claims against the accuracy of voting machines in challenging the outcome of the election. In 2021, Democratic lawyers alleged that thousands of votes may have been switched or changed by voting machines in New York elections. 
Was that also a crime of disinformation? Smith indicated Trump, excuse me, Trump, Smith indicted Trump because the now former president spread lies that there had been outcome uh, uh, a determinative fraud in the election and that he had actually won. The special counsel also says Trump repeatedly and widely disseminated the lies anyway to make his knowingly false claims appear legitimate, create an intense national atmosphere of mistrust and anger, and erode public faith in the administration of the election. And then Turley writes, let's acknowledge that Trump was wrong. The election wasn't stolen, and he lost, and Joe Biden won. How do you prove legally that Trump truly didn't believe his false claims? And even if you can prove that Trump lied, how do you legally distinguish his falsehoods from the lies other political leaders have told over the years? When in politics, uh, when in politics, does making a false statement cross the line into criminal behavior? Those are questions Smith and his team must answer in court and one that Trump's defense team is likely to raise. Polls previously showed that roughly half of people viewed previous charges against Trump as politically politically motivated. That is why many of us hoped that any indictment would be based on unquestioned legal authority and unassailable evidence. Smith offered neither. His indictment will deepen the view of many in the public that the Justice Department is thoroughly compromised in pursuing political prosecutions. These concerns were magnified Tuesday by Smith, who announced the charges with comments that made him sound more like a pundit than a prosecutor. The special counsel gave an impassioned account of the Capitol riot that made it sound like Trump was charged with incitement. He was not. Nor was he charged with seditious conspiracy, despite his second impeachment on those charges. Notably, many of the legal experts praising the indictment previously insisted that there was a clear case of incitement against Trump. Indeed, Democratic members made the claim the center of their second impeachment, despite some of us writing that there was no actionable claim. Even Smith would not touch the incitement or sedition claims that were endlessly pushed by legal experts and Democratic members. Mm. If you can't do that, if you cannot prove incitement, right, and you cannot prove sedition, you don't have anything. You don't. This whole thing to defraud the government, well, then Hillary should be in jail for Russia collusion that went on for three years. Adam Schiff should be in jail for lying about what American intelligence actually knew about Russia collusion, which was nothing. The only thing that they knew about Russia collusion was they knew that Hillary was going to attempt to set up Trump. I mean, there's the list of where you could prosecute if you were going to use this standard, is really never-ending. Indeed, Smith will seek to criminalize false political claims. Mm. To bag Trump, he will have to bulldoze through the First Amendment and a line of Supreme Court cases. That why That's why this latest indictment of Trump isn't just wrong, it's reckless. And that's why, again, that's why you and I, when we heard you know Bill Barr yesterday, just went, unbelievable. That he would just say, oh, no, this indictment is legit and wouldn't explain why. You And you can see Turley goes through the minutia of it all. Yeah. Right. And it's like, okay, it's here's you know, here's the one that I like. Look at this here. Because this, this would be the precedent that would be set 
Uh, and I want to get to, I got to get to it because I, I read it already. And mm. it just, when, when you see it, um, okay, here it is. Okay. This, this part right here of the actual, uh, the special counsel also says that Trump repeatedly and widely disseminated the lies anyway, even though they knew it was false to make his knowingly false claims appear legitimate create an intense national atmosphere of mistrust and anger, erode public faith in the administration of the election. That's what lies do. Yeah. Political lies are meant to do that, whether or whether they're just a false statement or a lie. Where They always have that consequence. Where is the law broken? Right. Where is the law broken? Here's what a lie does. Fine. I know what a lie I does. I know what a lie does. I, you and I, I've said it many times before. The biggest problem in this country is not just politicians lie, but the acceptance of the public. If it fits their narrative of a lie, yeah, they will right. accept a lie. Even they will know it's a lie, but they accept it if it helps push forward their narrative. So I hate lying. I believe it's the biggest problem that we have in the United States is the accept not that politicians lie. I mean, they shouldn't. That's the might be the second biggest problem. The biggest problem right now in our history, and you see it on both sides, but the vast majority you see it is on the Democratic side right now, hmm. is the acceptance of lies by the public if it f- helps push forth their particular narrative. Everything. Yep. The, the border is secure. Well, then Mayorka should be in jail. Right. So, so should Biden. You had a New York City uh, uh, councilman came out the other day and said, uh, you know, and we'll have this story for you coming up here. Um, you know, Biden's lying. Well, the border it, isn't secure. Right. They, they lie. Consent. Corrine Jean-Pierre would, would have life in prison if you could punish lies <laughs> and dis, and lies that are destructful. That's fraudulent behavior. Right. She's lying about what the government is doing, what the commander-in-chief is doing. It's just it, amazing. It, well, uh, the whole college loan thing, that's an attempt to defraud the government. Those who did not engage in that contract are the ones that are would be, if it went through, burdened with that debt. I mean, if you're going to use this loose definition of what fraud is politically, it's basically everybody, everybody, not just everybody in office, everybody would be in jail. Have you lied? Yes. Come with us. Well, no, you make a great case because if you can, the the First Amendment, the one thing that the founding fathers really looked at at the First Amendment was to protect political free speech. Right. Well, if political free speech is gone, everything else is gone. Oh, yeah. And we live in a time now when it's the Democrats pushing that not only, you know, as we've talked about before, not only should certain speech be banned, we've talked about the polling of young people where the majority believe that if you don't use the proper pronoun for someone, if you don't. Not only do you lose your freedom of speech, but you must that they want certain speech mandated or it should be criminalized, which means you go to jail. We just mm-hmm. brought you that study yeah, that came right. out yeah. that was mind boggling a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. This is all coming. This is the erosion 
of of First Amendment rights. What they fail to understand is it could backlash against them. Right. Now you have people like Turley that understand it. Old school Democrats, old school liberals. You have uh, like uh, uh, Dershowitz. He understands that. He's frightened by it. Mm. But that's what the Democratic Party and the liberals have become in this country is anti-First Amendment, anti-free speech, Mm -hmm. anti-freedom of religion, anti-Second Amendment, anti the representative government that we live in. Yeah. Anti the uh, the uh, 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 three branches of government and the separation of powers. You know, that's one of the other problems that we have. I was thinking about that today. You know, and, and we've talked about it before. It just was on my mind today. Mm-hmm. The fact of Congress giving up so much of their authority to the executive branch, all these executive orders that come through constantly, they they should never happen. The, the agencies of this government should not have, you know, the, the rulemaking process sucks. Yeah, it's where, horrible. Where, 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 these, where these bureaucrats have the ability to significantly move the government in the direction because Congress sort of gave them the, all right, you, you guys can make all these decisions mm-hmm. when these decisions should be made every day by people that you put into office. Yeah, exactly. And so you know they On vote, the college loan thing, right. we said it. Hey, if Congress wants to change it, they can change it. Yeah. Let's see if they have the political will to do that. Look, I think that the the uh, statement that we can run that, you know, the president, that we're, we should, uh, you know, have, we can run the uh, grid on solar and wind mm. when he first talked about that. And that, think about the fraudulent nature of that. Right. And what, if you said that, if a company, if your electric company said, we can run, come with us because we can run the entire grid. Exactly. On solar and wind, and then everything failed, you'd have a massive lawsuit. Yep. Absolutely. If if you wish, are are we going to go? Now, we do have, if you do harm somebody with your speech, we do have civil laws that are in effect. Sure. But to yeah, criminalize right. it as we're doing is just. Yeah, there's recourse. And and sometimes oh, right. it's only political recourse. But oh, yeah. if someone lies, something can be done about it. Hillary Clinton didn't become president. So there are things that can be done about it. This entire indictment and list of items by Jack Smith is garbage. 86690-RED-EYE. Independence with carrier authority should be mindful that negotiation strength varies as the week progresses. Typically, the highest rates across major segments are pay-for-loads negotiated on Sundays, and the highest volume of loads for all segments is seen on Mondays. Also, the weekday that tends to be the best for flatbed negotiations, yielding the best rates. Owner-operators tend to have less negotiation strength on Tuesday, which shows the lowest weekday spread between brokers' offered rates and actual paid rates. Broker offers tend to rise by Wednesday, as the end of the week is in sight. This day also seems optimal for the 3 o'clock hustle, so-called for its reliance on that afternoon time of day, when brokers are getting nervous, to improve negotiation strength. Stay mindful of this system to maximize your revenue. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website. For more detail on Business 101 and many other topics. 
We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm uh, Gary McNamara. So, uh, you know, that's where we're at as we're now to a Friday. But again, all the Trump stuff will disappear next week, and all the focus will be on Biden again. Yeah. Because there's yeah. really not a lot to talk about here. You know, there's the rhetoric you get from the left, but the case, uh, this this uh, case, as Turley and others have pointed out, hmm. Uh, against Trump is just it's a horrible case it should have never been brought and and it's it's not a it's not a case of trying to get justice it's I I I do believe it's political I think Bill Barr Bill Barr not to recognize maybe because there's some type of loyalty toward the Department of Justice because he's a former AG I don't know but if he doesn't see yeah. the rot in the yeah. Department of Justice right. either he <laughs> Has decided to smoke pot since we smoking <laughs> weed. Either he's smoking weed, uh, or he's just absolutely delusional. If, yeah. if you don't yeah. see what's going on in the Department of Justice across the board and understand the 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 public's concern, uh, a significant portion of the public and their concern with uh, what's uh, going on, I do like the narrative now. Uh, you know, because you you see it out there. Well, they're doing this because they want Trump to run. And if Trump runs, uh, if Trump uh, uh, runs, Trump will lose no matter what, that this may help him. Mm-hmm. This may help him sew up the um, the primary, but he can't win the general election on one hand. And then on the other hand, you see the article maybe right next to it, which is like Democrats scared to death that Cornell West may run. Or, you yeah, know, he is running. Yeah, political. But, but Cornell West could, you know, could pull in. So on one hand, they're saying, we want Trump to be in there. And the second thing, it's like, oh, my God, but Cornell West is in there. And, and and you know, who knows what's going to happen to Biden if it's Kamala Harris. Well, you know, Trump, and I think, uh, yeah, Rich Lowry has, in Politico, had the column, Trump actually has pretty good odds of beating Biden. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, in, in Politico, they were afraid that with Cornell West, he would jump in. And then they say in 2016 that Hillary lost because of the Green Party candidate. And, you know, they said, look, if this happens again and Cornell West, you know, gains enough followers and enough voters, enough votes, then ultimately it could throw the election to Trump again. Now we'll see where it goes. branch of government, Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Welcome. All right. Mm. Yeah, there's the story right there. Democrats fear Cornell West candidacy could derail Joe Biden's reelection campaign. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. 
the article's out yesterday trying to predict what's going to happen uh, in, um, you know, in in uh, November of next year. Plus, you know, the 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 early polls where, you know, people have definitive predictions. Nobody knows what's going to happen between now and then. You know, this this Biden thing is heating up and it's really bad. I mean, it's really yeah. bad. And yeah. as we have stated, since the laptop came out, there isn't one day that I and if there was a day where you sat there and you're a Democrat, and you went, well, uh, Goldman says that uh, this the, the you know, he's screaming, let's release the transcript. Let's release Devin Archer's transcript and you'll see what's going on here. And you'll see that it's basically an illusion of influence. And then you find yeah, out, yeah. you know, he said it yeah. and he gets blown. So even on a day that you think is going to go the way of the Democrats, it's only because the Democrats lying about what actually happened exactly. in the, in, yeah. when the testimony yeah. was given yeah. uh, by Archer. So nothing is going good on this. More dots are being connected every day. Uh, you know, more financial records will be coming out, according to uh, uh, Comer. And that's where the damage is really going to be when Americans start seeing. And when there's whatever hearings there's going to be, there will be hearings on it in some form or another. Yeah, you know, sure. there's going to be there's going to be some kind of a hearing on it. You know, you've got Trump now where right now the the case that will come first, I believe, uh, will be the um, on the federal level will be in May of next year. And that's still not. That's still not clear that that will happen. Uh, you have uh, Smith that wants a quick trial here. But as the defense told the judge yesterday, they said they've had three years to put this together. Yep. You know, you know, we, we there's so much work that we need to do. So there's like, hey, we're definitely we're willing to waive because we don't know what they we don't know what they we, we don't know what evidence they you know, that we need to uh cross-examine hmm. the evidence and what we need to do in order to have this case. Uh, the judge seemed to be sympathetic, uh, you know, towards that view. Uh, Andrew McCarthy was talking about the fact that the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, Jack Smith is, you know, in a quandary here because the, uh, you know, he probably can't get a quick trial on this thing. This thing would probably have to be somehow set after the, uh, the, the first trial. I don't know. What, when's Bragg supposed to go to trial? Uh, I don't know, because the hearing was quite a ways away. The next hearing was quite a ways away, further down the road than I thought. But I I don't know. But whatever, like, if the Bragg trial came first and, and the jury said, sorry, we're not, you know, you don't get it, or the Supreme Court said, nope, mm. sorry. And, and this is something, is this something you'd want fast-tracked if you're the president? Any decision that could... And can you, this is where we're in unprecedented territory, could the president, the ex-president, could uh, uh, Trump say, uh, all right, I want, you know, the Bragg jury finds him guilty and it's absurd, you know, on the charges that are there. They're making up charges. But let's say the jury uh, in New York City convicts him of it. Could, could he fast track that up the line in the appeals process? Now, the appeals process would have to go through the state of New York first. So that could take a that could take a while. Yeah. But if there a federal charge or if he was, let's say, and because we have no idea, let's say uh, they the the judge grants it where the trial could start in February. Hmm. And Trump is completely well, 
Trump is, let's say Trump is found guilty. And then it goes to the, could he fast track that to the Supreme Court because he's a presidential candidate saying, you need to look at the constitutionality of this. Or if it's moved outside of D.C., as they're looking to do. Right. And he is found innocent of all charges. That could completely change because the other cases might not be brought up until, you know, well after the election is over. Right. But that would drive, that would really, that would drive it home to Republicans and a lot of independents who'd be like, okay, oh, all right. The jury said there's nothing here. This is an abomination of justice. Trump wins big time for that period of months before another case might come up like uh, the documents yeah. case. And I right. don't know what would right. happen with the documents case mm-hmm. at all, because we don't know what the specific evidence is, mm-hmm. what had come out last week. And, and Dershowitz had talked about this. And then uh, Trump had, had talked about it also is uh, the fact on the, um, oh, what is it? The, uh, oh, the one thing they said didn't exist. The video. The video. Yeah, the video. Well, that the video wasn't deleted, that they handed over all that evidence. There was no tampering with the video, um, and that they had already cooperated on that level with that item. And it, by the way, that seemed to be widely accepted. There was little pushback. Yeah, you're right. There was very little pushback. and, And even someone, I forget who I saw, in the liberal media commented to the effect that yeah but it seems there was no tampering with the video after all or something like that and i thought why are they widely accepting that and maybe it's because his attorney is the one that first i think now he got on social media on truth social and said something and then i think his attorney was on sunday morning um and officially said something in the media and I haven't seen much pushback on that. Interesting going back to look and see where we are on the Bragg case. Here's here's something from April when it all began from Politico. Bragg's case against Trump hits a wall of skepticism, <laughs> even from Trump's critics. That's Politico a day after it all fell down, mm-hmm. after it all came down. It's as weak as it gets. Until you look at the Jack Smith case. I mean, both of them yeah. are very empty, and it is a good question. I, I don't know what ability there is. Uh, you know, you've had, had a lot of people on social media, even a couple of our listeners who sent us messages and saying, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is politically motivated election interference. Yeah. Uh, legally, you're not going to get there. But can you convince, is there any, and I'm asking a question, I don't know. Is there any way for Trump's attorneys to convince that if they're, let's say he he gets to the point where he wants to expedite an appeal, um, is a judge going to care that, look, my client, his lawyer would say, my client is running for president, as you know, and we would like this thing remedied before we right. get to, right. you know, uh, the convention or whatever it is. Well, it's you uh, we need to throw out there that election, there is no crime of election interference. No, 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 it isn't. So. There isn't. Uh, I, well, there's 
It may there's be wrong. Legal, there's legal things that are illegal things you can do during an election. Yes. Yes. You yes. can interfere in the election and, by doing illegal things. Right. Yes. And and this isn't one of them. the question would be the only question would be, is there any leverage at all? Would a judge even care uh, about what effect it might have on the election? Can you make an appeal as his attorney if you're trying to expedite an appeal? Not, I, I don't know. I think the Supreme Court would. Uh, if he, yeah, I think, I think to that, I think probably they, consideration. I think they there, would yeah. view it, and you know, as as that way. But I, the the question, the question or the analogy that you can make, as we have said, that Jack Smith by doing this, <clears throat> by his own standard, in our humble opinion, because there's nothing there, is claiming that Trump broke the law which we can't see it. So if we can't see where the law has been broken and we see it as a violation of free speech rights, well, then he's attempting to defraud the government for election interference. Mm -hmm. He's defrauding the government to create election interference. And therefore, by Jack Smith's standards, he is breaking the law and should be prosecuted. Remember, we said by Jack Smith's standards. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, when you see, but but when when I see people trying to make predictions now, you just have no idea what's going to happen. So, because, right. you know, we, we don't know, what, we have no idea what's going to happen with the Biden thing. We have no idea what's going to happen with the Trump situation. I just, you and I don't do a lot of predictions. It's almost as dumb as what I see on sports now. You know, you see things like, Who's a better, who's the number one golfer, uh, Jack Nicholas or, or Tiger Woods? Or who's a better football player? Or who was the best? Uh, yeah, you just those are questions you can't answer. So we live in a society that loves to uh, debate and argue things that there is no answer to. And that even if you found an answer, it wouldn't really mean anything. Right. Well, no, you're wrong. Trump's going to win in November. No, Biden's going to. We have no idea what's going to even happen. I can't Monday. tell you. Yeah, I, I don't have an answer. So we we love to predict. You know, it's uh, in with the NFL season starting uh, uh, last night. <laughs> the best meme I saw because it was Cleveland Browns playing the Jets. Did you hear that the Cleveland the the Brown, not the? Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking. I'm like, no, wait a minute. Did they change their name to the Guardians? No, I'm sorry. That's the baseball team. <laughs> they still yeah. are the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah, but right. they. They destroyed a jet plane. I mean, they were in there. There's, it was completely oh, yeah, messy. Yeah. And then they right. played the Jets last night and, be, and beat them. It was like, second time this week, the Browns have destroyed a jet. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. They're, they're destroying jets this week. <laughs> <laughs> but with the football season beginning, you see, who's the number one team? And then, you know, you've got, I'm sure, Stephen A. Smith. You're just completely wrong. This team is definitely made of... <laughs> And they go crazy and they get emotional about it, throwing their hands. It's like, shut up. Nobody has any idea what's going to happen in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. You can sit there and say, well, these are probably some of the top teams. You could throw that out. These are some of the top teams. Yeah. Kansas City, Buffalo, Philadelphia. I mean, yeah, you can you can throw out. Jets may be coming uh, back because they got Aaron Rodgers. And you can, so you can, but these, you know, absolute, no. This team is better. And how come they're discounting this team? 
And what do you think of the fact that you were viewed as the top Super Bowl team next year, and now some of the reporters are saying you're not? I don't care. It's, you're a reporter. It's like, <laughs> yeah. We just... I think I we think, love it, it's like before games. People have to do predictions before games. Why? It's like and then they get angry. No, this team's gonna win twenty seven twenty three. Nope, that you're ridiculous. They're gonna win thirty seven to twenty three. You're absolutely wrong. It's gonna be twenty eight twenty seven. Yeah. Like, shut up. I it's <laughs> you know I predict the team that gets the most points is gonna win. Yes. The, the the only guarantee, I mean, the only thing that you could be absolutely positive on is the Cowboys aren't going to win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> they might, they might not. <laughs> Let's start. It's, it's like one of those blue you're, moons. You're not going to argue with me on that. It's like those blue, mo- those blue moons. Look, every 30 years, you know, it happens. <clears throat> if you, you, you won't see, you'll have that. You won't see this new moon again for 2033. I guess I should stop everything I'm doing then. You say every 30 years? Remember, mm-hmm. I'm a Bills fan. No, no, I mean for Cowboys. The Bills is oh, okay. every never. Okay. So so far, you're right. <laughs> every, every, until the end of time. So far, you're <laughs> 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 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, so I noticed that yesterday. I mean, all the articles. Uh, this gives Trump the advantage or Biden the advantage, and and uh, but uh, Democrats are thrilled uh, that uh, this may mean that uh, this may guarantee that Trump is the nominee for the Republicans. And then the number of stories out there: a growing number of Democrats are worried that third-party presidential candidate Cornell West could siphon votes from President Joe Biden mm-hmm. and derail his re-election efforts. Mm-hmm. West launched his campaign in June of 2023, uh, running with the People's Party, putting him as the progressive alternative to um, uh, Biden. And so, mm-hmm. uh, again, all you need to do is <laughs> siphon off a percent or two. Yeah, right. Um, and at you that know. point, and you know, by that time, will Biden attempt to between now and then attempt to move to the middle right and will that tick off because remember the democratic party is as radical as you could they are the most radical party right now based on where they stand on the issues Mm. in american history right yeah and some of what put them over the top is critical race theory and the uh transgender activist movement right and that we can run our energy supply on solar and wind. Right. And that the border is secure. Yeah. These are massive issues out there that the Democratic Party actually backs. And Biden may try to move to the middle, which may take off liberals. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. It's Red Eye Radio 
Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Wow. Eh? That video that went viral the other day showing that guy with basically shoplifting from the store and he's got the in garbage the can, can yeah. he's throwing everything yeah. in and the two employees go after him and it looks like a broomstick and they they just they pound on this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then they sort of turned him over and it was like they were almost spanking him on the butt. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. the part I just went, oh my gosh. Well, the story has come out, uh, and it's uh, two 7-Eleven workers in California took matters into their own hands and used a stick to wallop a man who tried to steal a trash can full of cigarettes. Shocking video of the attempted robbery. And when you think about it, when you saw that, you're like, are you kidding me? The guy had a big plastic garbage can and was just scooping, scooping everything off, stuff the off the shelf and putting it in. Massive, it was like a 60, 50, 60-gallon 60 trash can. Yes, yeah, it would take one of my large construction uh, trash bags that yeah, I have. Right, yeah. The shocking video of the, and this was all over uh, X the other day. Yeah, Twixter. Twix, Twix. Twitter Twix, X. Twitter X. Twitter's X. <laughs> By the way, I did X, X did I, yesterday, mm. whatever it is. <laughs> Uh, shocking video of the attempted robbery. It was all over social media. Yeah. Okay, we'll yeah, just say that. Right. Shocking video of the attempted robbery shows one employee holding the thief down while his colleague relentlessly whacks him roughly 25 times. Okay, okay, the thief screams at his attacker while pleading for mercy. Before he was taken down by the retail workers, a robber had casually uh, uh, gone into the convenience uh, store register and they say with a twenty gallon trash can in tow, it looked like it was much. No, that than looked a like a gallon. fifty, but it, it was huge. You know, I, I wasn't there. He nonchalantly <laughs> just grabs fistfuls of tobacco products, including cigarettes, cigars, and vapes, and is just tossing them into the garbage can. Yep, yep. yep. As the off-camera workers plead for him to stop, and you can hear the one guy saying, "Stop it, stop it." Uh, and uh, then you hear a bystander say, "Just let him go. There ain't nothing you can do." They're 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 not going to do nothing. The bystander who took the video can be heard saying, seemingly referencing to the national string of thefts in which shoplifters raid uh, shelves of supplies before walking out with their loot. And you're not supposed to do anything. They're supposed to just be able to do that. Well, all of a sudden, the green and black clad worker switches from a defensive role when the thief tries to push past him and orders him to move out of the way while he continues. His heist, I'm looking at, that's not a 20, I'm looking at it right now. That's not a 20-gallon trash can. It's much bigger. The employee quickly grapples with the robber, tackles him to the floor, just in time for his co-worker to appear and deliver 23 brutal blows uh, with what appears to be a broomstick. The weapon-wielding employee takes a quick break from the whacking while his co-worker squeezes in a punch of his own to the upper back of the robber, sending the thief uh chaotically uh, writhing enough to knock him uh, to knock over a trove of stolen goods at the feet of his attacker. That's called whooping your a 
Mm-hmm. Whoop his A, get him, the bystander says, <laughs> before asking the thief if he's ready to give up on the heist. Yeah, I'm done, the robber pleads. I'm going to go. And you can see the garbage can. I'm sitting here, it's still shot. It's just, I mean, it's three quarters full. Yeah. And that is not, that's way bigger than a 20 gallon yeah. uh, uh, trash bag here, in uh, trash can. In spite of the surrender, the stick wielding employee delivers two final whacks while the bystander orders. The workers to free the robber. No more, no more, the cameraman says as the thief screams in pain. In subsequent video shared by the bystander, the employees contemplate calling the police on the thief, but opt to let him walk out. So he wasn't arrested. The bystander walks behind the counter and urges the workers to let the man free uh, before berating the man himself, ordering him not to come back to the 7-Eleven or to try stealing again. The thief claims... He was beaten so badly that he can't stand up and walk out on his own until the bystander calls his bluff. You better walk tonight, he says while leading him out of the store. Amid the agonized groans and pleas for his freedom, the thief asks whether he can get a soda for the roll road. <laughs> can I steal a soda for the road? What kind of blank? You telling me? You do this blank and you want a soda? No, no, no. Get the F out, man, the bystander says. (laughs) It is not entirely clear where the incident took place. Lottery numbers visible at the beginning of the video indicated happened in California. The cameraman claims it occurred in Stockton, a city roughly 50 miles south of Sacramento, but the police department had not heard of the incident as of Wednesday night. A representative from 7-Eleven did not respond to the New York Post request for comment. The theft is just uh, one of many in a growing epidemic and or, or organized shoplifting that has a, uh, affected cities across the country. Right. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Wow. Man, that went viral. I read a story in the uh, New York Post about a woman in May uh, in Maine, uh, uh, elderly woman. She's in bed. It's like two o'clock in the morning. She wakes up. And there's a guy standing over, threatening to cut her. She jumps out of bed, starts defending herself with a chair. And the bad guy got a couple of shots in and apparently then gave up and then said something like, I'm starving. I haven't eaten in a long time. And she gives him this box of the, you know, the pre-made peanut butter and crackers. Here you can have the whole box. And she had already called the cops. He left by the time the cops got there, but a police dog followed the scent arrested him a few blocks away where he was staying. Turns out she sees the the mug shot in the paper or whatever in the media the next day or a day or two later. It's the kid that had mowed her lawn years before. Now he's like 17 years old. Wow. And he came in through a window, and and she said, look, I just hope that he gets help. But she was fighting back. You know, I mean, you you look at what where we are right now in society, and really this is indicative. These Seven Eleven employees, they're fed up. Uh, people are fed up. They don't like seeing it. It's maddening. I walked in one time to a little Walmart neighborhood grocery store in my neighborhood, and I, I walked in just as two people were running out. And at that point, I couldn't tell what was going on. They had a box in their hand. 
and it was filled with something. And then two managers were running behind them uh, to, I guess, get more eyes on them. And then they they jumped into a car right outside the front door and sped away. And apparently it was like lunch meat or something that they stole, like a box of lunch meat that they stole. And this was before, by the way. This goes back probably five, four or five years. This is before this new wave of organized crime that's going on in, in major cities. But it's frustrating every time you see it. You're like, man, I don't want people to get away with that. I, I don't want I, know. I don't right. want this to continue. I don't want that to be my, you know, I don't want that to be happening in my neighborhood. I, I don't want that kind of behavior going on in my neighborhood. Well, the message that's sent, for example, in California, where we see what's happening in San Francisco, uh, well, the problem was this happened in, in Stockton, mm. uh, you know, uh was it like 50 miles from Sacramento? So it's a small town. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you might not want to do that in a small town. Does that yeah. relate to something that we're talking about? Uh, but when you see that the guy walks in with looks like a 50 or 60 gallon, gar- you know, garbage, uh, you know, um, can, can, mm-hmm. garbage can, plastic can, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And just starts not just stealing one thing, but just emptying everything off the shelf. Shelves just going putting it in, and expects, and there's not a mob of people in doing it. Just expects nothing's going to happen to him because this is now fully accepted in California as part of the culture. Yeah, that I can just walk in. Think about that. Think about (laughs) yeah. Well, I think I think about walking into. if, if if I walked into my local Kroger and did that, right. or my local Seven Eleven and did right. that, right? Well, I mean, that's what's going to happen. I will be stopped by citizens in Texas if I walk in with a garbage can and start just taking stuff off the shelves and get confronted by. I will be confronted by people. Mm-hmm. They will not allow me to do that in the state of Texas. Well, I. And and I'm not even talking about the employees. No, the people. People, people will stop you. I was at a register. This goes back a, a ways a few years ago, and I'm I'm going through the register, and I have a you know pretty hefty uh, cart of groceries, right? And on the bottom of the cart, the very bottom of the cart, is a case of water. Now, what you have to do is you have to wheel it. Once you load everything onto the belt, then you wheel it around, and then the cashier takes the scanner out the hand scanner and then and then gets it that way instead of having to lift it which sometimes i do anyway but i put everything up there except for the water and i'm about to wheel it around this lady behind me i think her name was karen and she said he has a bottled water case of bottled water down there to the cashier i said yes ma'am i'm taking that around so she can scan it and and then the lady looks the cashier Looks at me, who I know. I mean, I go to the grocery that mm-hmm. grocery store all the time, and she looks at me like, "What just happened?" <laughs> but you know, the thing is, is that. But I have done that at uh, at, at my uh, local Kroger, where everybody knows me. I go in. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. I walk in. It's like, hey, Gary, what's going on? And mm-hmm. discuss stuff and everything else. And 
Those are more of the people that I made banana bread back a few years for. Mm-hmm. And I, one time I, you know, I've put bottled water down there. I got to my car. I looked down. I went, man, I never checked out. Mm-hmm. So I put everything in the car. I walked back with the bottled water and, you know, right back through and go. I did it with batteries. I said I forgot. I because forgot, I couldn't forgot, see them. Yeah, I said I forgot to scan yeah. it. Yeah. Happened to me a couple times. Yeah. I uh, went back I, I went back in, and they looked at me weird when I went back in to pay for the batteries. But it was like 12 bucks for the batteries. Yeah. Not that I would have gone home if it were only 2 bucks. But, I mean, it's it's not a – to me, none of it is a small thing. I don't want to be seen because you know how the uh, – you'll see the articles, and now they're viral. The Walmart associates or the Target associates know when you're stealing. And I'm like, well, I'm not stealing. It, and I wouldn't want anybody to think I'm stealing. I would never steal. I don't need – I'm pretty proud of the fact that I have earned things and I can pay for – things i am okay with a lawful society it's like brian regan the bit where they used to go crime doesn't pay as if you would argue well i would do crime but it doesn't really pay that well they should just argue crime is bad and it's against the law well don't don't um, commit crimes because it's the wrong thing to do. I, I, I've told the story before. In fact, I did an entire show on it the day that it happened when I lived in and worked in, in Buffalo. Uh, and I, it was a Friday night, and I just was getting, you know, 40 bucks out of the ATM at the, my bank. And it gave me 60, and there's a little piece of gum. So, I mean, I just I just wanted the 40 bucks. I didn't end up even, even using it, but I just kept the... There's a little piece of gum in between that stuck the two twenties together. Mm-hmm. And I went in Monday, remember, you know, uh, doing my show. And, uh, then I went in to, and returned it. They looked at me like I was from outer space. Yeah. What? Yeah. All I'm right. just in here. It just, I went used this and you're probably $20 short from the ATM over the weekend. That's because of this. And they got the manager, you know, and the manager came, you know, I walked in the manager's office and the, they already told him what I did. And they go, he said, well, thank you, because nobody would do that. I said, well, it's not mine. Yeah. And and I, and I said, you can't be a conservative and believe in property rights and not return that money. Mm-hmm. And I went on the air. Now, I worked as for a conservative radio station in Buffalo, New York, listened to conservatives. About half the audience told me that I was a fool for bringing it back because – the bank, if they made a mistake, wouldn't do the same for me. That's on them. Yeah, I'm that, not going to behave yeah, because that, that's somebody a, yeah. somebody else or another organization does something else. That's not the yep. way I would do things. And I said, it's not mine. Right. That's simp- either you believe in pro- property rights has to be more than it's my property. Yeah. It has to be I respect your property or it doesn't mean a darn thing. Found a wallet one time loaded with cash. Just before sunrise at a this corner store, a, a little gas station convenience store, as you pull out, I'd gotten in my truck and I was pulling away. I saw something there. I didn't want to run it over. Couldn't tell what it was, but it was a it was a wallet. And I mean a thick wallet. And there was cash just busting out of this wallet. Well, I take it back into Ike, the guy that owns the store. I said, Ike, we got to look in, in here. I want you to look through it so we can find a business card or something we got hold of the guy and he met us there at the store 
for two or three days, he texted me, I, thank you so much. I can't believe you, you know, did that. And thank you so much. It's like, what, what am I, what am I going to do with somebody else's money? What would you, what would you be doing with somebody else's money? Why, why would you think that's a good thing for you to go, oh, I'll just take it out and then throw the wallet away? That's a level of desperation I hope mm-hmm. I never know. I have a story like that coming up. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Friday Radio, he's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. This goes back to before there were even cell phones. Um, and uh, I was at, filled up with gas, and all of a sudden I'm pulling pulling out, and, and I look near the street, and I see this thing like a wallet. I go out and grab it. It's a wallet with credit cards and everything, cash mm. in it. I go, all right. I drive back home. I look through the wallet, find the person's phone number, give them a call. That's one of the best phone calls I ever made. They didn't even know that they didn't have their wallet. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, Joe Spaduti or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Um, do you have your wallet on you? Yeah. All right. What do you, oh, my God. What? I have your wallet. <laughs> yeah. And also, is this your card? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Like a magic and, trick. Yeah, so have, and so and he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I said, uh, I said, I know where you live. I'm, I said, I'm heading out that way. Mm-hmm. I'll drop it by your house. Mm-hmm. I'll drop it by. I dropped it by. And the guy was like, where's my money? Well, he, he was so, no, he was just so shocked. And I said, and, uh, and, uh, I said, yeah, it was, was, uh, there. And he said, he, he can tell he was confused. I mean, he didn't know how to react. And he said, like, what's the proper protocol? Do I owe you something? Well, the proper protocol is. No, you don't owe me anything. Twenty percent, twenty percent. What week. I should have said. 20. Every week, <laughs> I said no. I said, look. I said uh, the shock and happiness in your face, the 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 terror that I felt when I was talking to you that some guy had your wallet. Well, <laughs> and honestly, that moment where before I said I'll I'll drop it off right now, and that anticipation of it is you really going to drop it off? I said to see your relief that you have your wallet is paving enough. And it it's, really was. Well, it, it is. And, and and also building karma that, listen, if it ever happened and someone ever found my wallet, now there's nothing in my wallet. <laughs> but if if that ever happened, that it would be it would be the same, that someone would call and, uh, you know, and return it. You know, you know, a problem with my wallet right now? Hmm. So I was complaining to somebody the other day. I'm like, look at all these ones. <laughs> well, how useless to have all these ones. <laughs> Where'd I get all these ones? <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew when I found that one wallet, I knew because you couldn't help but see it, even without opening it. Mm-hmm. It was filled with cash. And I thought, that's somebody who works in a cash business. And he, he mowed lawns. So was it a George Costanza oh, huge yeah. wallet? Oh, ready yeah. To burst? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely it was. <laughs>
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. All right, let's look at some of the polling, all right? Okay. And, and I just thought about it because I was just going through realclearpolitics.com, going through some of the headlines. All right. And uh, <laughs> this one was almost as, as funny as this This could have been a Babylon Bee headline. <laughs> The miracle of Bidenomics is not impressing anyone. (laughs) (laughs) And so I saw that and I went, oh, okay, this is interesting. Uh, From uh, PJ Media, uh, Stacey Lennox. Uh, And just interesting because this is the problem. There is a bigger problem for Biden based on the new CNN poll. Mm. Voters now see... Kamala Harris more favorably than Biden. I'm sorry. I thought you just said voters now see Kamala Harris more favorable than Biden. Well, son, I did. See, I can call you son because you're 10 years younger than me. (laughs) No, I think 20 years is that. (laughs) Okay. Maybe 18. Okay. Neither of them is scoring well. Harris now is at 42% approval, according to the CNN poll. Biden is 41%. However, she scores better with independent voters than her boss does. She also scores better with black voters at 72% compared to Biden, 61%. Uh, Just as astonishingly, 54% of respondents say they have more confidence in congressional Republicans to deal with the significant issues facing the country, while only 45% pick Biden. The results clearly demonstrate that Americans are not happy, and the primary driver is the economy. Uh, only 37% approve of Biden's handling of the economy, while 70% disapprove of how the administration has addressed inflation. 75% of respondents rate the economic conditions as poor. say the economy is still in a downturn and will likely worsen. 29% believe things are going well in America, with only 2% choosing very well. Hmm. By a comparison, in October of 2020, the height of the pandemic, 39% reported that things were going well. (laughs) All right. Well, they were getting cash at that point and Hmm. not having to go to work. So it might be better there. Uh, According uh, to those polled, the economy is also far and away the most important issue facing the country, netting 44%. Personal finances are at the top of that list. Duh. Yeah, sure. Well, that's what it all is. Because, you know, it it was the media didn't get it for the longest time. We do. How come the economy is doing so well? Mm -hmm. Don't you understand Mm -hmm. that when you say the economy, most people don't say, well, let me check the Dow Jones Industrial today. And uh-huh. uh, by the way, have uh, do you have the latest on the uh, durable goods and services report for the economy? Yeah. No, they say, I'm working a job and a half and I still can't keep myself. I'm still underwater. Yeah, right. I'm still financially drowning and I'm working. Yep. And as we stated... You want to know what's worse than being unemployed? Being unemployed 
or in your own opinion, overemployed because you're working a job and a half Mm. and still not be able to meet your expenses. And so that's why we which is why this election coming up is completely different. I know we all know that the Democrats hope that the only thing being discussed are the trials and tribulations of Donald Trump. But I saw somebody yesterday say that uh, that uh, Trump being in the courtroom should be some of the most incredible, shocking news out there. But for Trump, it's only Thursday. And I thought to myself, for the American people, it's only Thursday. Mm -hmm. Because that narrative has already been set. You're either on one side or the other. Yeah. Now, the more interesting thing, because you have half the people that believe, and I believe it will be growing when people... See it because I've seen actually polls showing more than half the people uh, look at it and believe that Trump is being politically persecuted, you know, prosecuted, persecuted, prosecuted, whatever, mm. however you want to call it. And and so that's that's going to stay the same. This case isn't going to help it. No, this, this case is, is not going to help the well, legitimacy. In, in fact, of, the it, it, I, I hit on it, uh, I think, a couple of days ago. Well, it was it was the night that we learned that the January 6th indictment came down, I said, they're hoping, the left is hoping, the barrage of cases will work against him, that that will be enough political weight against him. Actually, what it does is it demonstrates, especially when you look at the indictment, the January 6th indictment, it demonstrates even further the two-tier system. Mm -hmm. The number of cases against him and the nature of the cases. But during the election season next year, if it's Trump and Biden, it's already people have already acknowledged that they've digested that already. It's it's already part of uh, what what do they what do they call it when it's just it's a given. Yeah, it's a given this situation. So, yeah, it's priced in. That's the word term I was looking for. It's priced in already Mm -hmm. for Biden. Nothing's priced in yet, but. When you see where, and I say nothing's priced in net because we don't have the full story yet. Hmm. We we have the full story on January 6th. We yeah. have the full story on almost everything that Trump is accused of, of doing. The full story is out there. The yeah, facts right. are out there. There really is nothing new. Right. With Biden, there's new stuff coming out every day. Hmm. And what is it about? As the economy hurts. And people blame the president for the economy. And what are you getting every day that the president and his family enrich themselves by him being in political office? Right. I don't believe that that has yet been priced in by the American people. The combination of that. No, I think the combination. I don't I don't believe it has. And I think that's one dangerous mindset that the Democrats have. Well, the mindset is they haven't thought of it yet. They haven't thought mm-hmm. about what this really means. And if you look at all the issues, every single major issue that's out there right now, if you take the if you take the personalities of the Republicans out of it, mm-hmm. it's landslide numbers where people agree with the Republicans. 
Yeah. And now what's happening is the personalities of the Democrats, which would be Biden and Harris, which are viewed as horrible and where they stand on the actual issues, which is horrible, is still to be priced in between now and the election of 2024. And so yeah, yeah. that's why I say it's so hard to come up with it. And that's why you have to look at it. And I think this is why you have some Democrats that are scared to death of Cornell West. Because the interesting thing is the independents that look at the Democratic Party and just say it's too radical. And then you attempt to split off the uh, insane liberal part of it, of the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. which is a significant portion of the party. Mm-hmm. How much of the voter is probably smaller than the actual party at the federal level. Right. Yeah. But then Cornell West splits some of the some of the uh, uh uh, of the uh, liberals right off of the uh you know peels them off and uh again who knows uh did, did you see what was it was it the uh no labels party wasn't able to raise any revenue at all any campaign funds yeah well that story the other day yeah it's <laughs> and, no shocker you've got to you got to stand for something <clears throat> and you got to tell people what they're buying or what buying what they're investing in what they're what they're buying into, literally. Where, where, do, where do you stand? And they don't stand for anything. We stand right. for we stand for good things. Yeah, we're against we're bad against things. bad things. Sorry, you got to give more. But isn't that seriously? You know, when when we talk <laughs> about the fact of 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 you know the the forward party or the no labels party, mm-hmm. which doing everything they can to take us, you know, doing everything they can to not take a stand on the issues of today well we're not getting involved in the controversial issues everything's controversial there isn't anything that isn't yeah tell me one thing but isn't that indicative of sort of the populist mindset that you hear out there you know that we hear now i don't think that it resonates in an election but i think that's those are the voices are listening we want to we're trying to relate to the people that don't want to be involved in all the controversy Uh the people that have turned off the television the people that aren't watching the people that have been so alienated so we're not going to take any position on anything and yeah. hope to get your vote. Right. What? Well, those people actually do stand for something. Well, they do. They, they and, actually do. Everybody if, does stand for something. And if they're something. going to get involved, they want to stand for something. If they're not going to be involved, they're certainly not going to be involved with you. But That's, it, that's, that's what it is. The not involved party. It's... It, how is John Boehner not part of it? We don't like Messi. It's <laughs> it's it's just ludicrous that politically. Listen, we don't stand for anything, but we're all when we promise that because we believe in good. It's and you can bet we're so. In conclusion, it, it, just a periods of silence where, where there should be substance. I yeah, like that. Yeah, it's just you almost sound like you've got a, yeah, a exactly. bad connection at the fast food restaurant. Exactly. Drive through. Exactly. Like, oh, I love these guys, man. They're great. They're great. Here, how much? How much money do you need as a party? Let me put my money into it. We, of course, you can't raise money. Wow. We'd like to get your donation for the party. You know, okay, well, if I give money, I want you to do something with it. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you going to do with my money? Well, we don't know. 
oh, sure, here's more then. When we <laughs> spend of... it, we will do so wisely. Yes. <laughs> With no waste. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, just man. ridiculous. It really is. So, but that so that's under that's why the Democrats are actually scared, and and so this narrative that uh, they're looking at twenty twenty four as a shoe in uh, that some the meat. I think some of it is media just being hopeful that that's the case, or the fact that they believe that everybody will only be focused on in what Trump is doing. Yeah. And nothing else. But when you see the polling on, you know, where people what people think about Trump on the issues and Biden on the issues, Mm -hmm. even still there, it goes towards Trump. And I look, I don't know if he's still going to be the nominee yet or not. I don't know if Biden is. We're just looking at it as if the 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 two uh, uh, actually uh, uh, happen. But if you look at Biden and the bribes. Mm. Yeah. You know, the the allegations of bribery. He's screwed by the polls that already are out right now that were taken a month ago. Right. Before even all, everything that's come out over the last month has come out. It's still 60 percent of the people that believe that he's corrupt. I wonder, believe and believe he is illegally right. attempted to cover up the family's business. I wonder where the left would be if Donald Trump tomorrow just said, listen, I'm going to win these cases against me. I'm not running. It's not going. That's not going to happen. But what would they do if he were not in the race? Uh, President Christie. Exactly. I had to say that for you. Yeah. I, I had to say that just for you. I well, had to. well, that's or Christie. Chris Christie becomes the new Hitler. I, I mean, well, I don't. No, no, that's they'd the so point. Lo- they'd be so right. lost. Right. Every, it doesn't matter who runs in 2020. Doesn't matter who gets the nomination but, for Republicans. Let's be honest. But the hatred, they'll be a Hitler, or if, if if it would be Nikki Haley, Mrs. Hitler. Yeah, exactly. But the the hatred for Trump though is at a paramount, and that's the driver. I wonder how many of them would say, "Well, it is time that that uh, Biden steps down." Again, we're talking about the left, because at that point, now you're going to look at it. They believe Biden can win. Many of them. But I guess we'll see where it goes. Eight six six ninety red eye Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Mm. Uh, just was sitting there and just reading uh, the Babylon Bee's headlines. Since I had mentioned them, I was like, oh, I haven't looked at them in a while. Mike Pence tries bold new strategy of alienating the 80 million people who voted for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> bold. <laughs> yeah.
Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. We're just looking at some of the polling uh, out there. The CNN poll that uh, came out that even had, and I'm going to play this audio cut here, this uh, 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 audio cut of uh, CNN worried about their own poll when uh, discussing it with the guy that went to my high school. Mm. (laughs) Here we go. The question is, how solid a candidate is Joe Biden? That's the problem. That's exactly the problem. What is exactly the problem? We don't know how solid a candidate Joe Biden is. We know he's not a solid candidate. Exactly. He is struggling. I mean, Within it his is own hard, party. It is hard to watch. Whoa. And this is with the uh, polling. And by the way, I'm talking about Wolf Blitzer, who went to my high school. Yeah. Gra- graduated about, I don't know, half century before I did. They held you know. back. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, I mean, the, the thing that was driving him nuts on the CNN poll was 45%. Uh, said they trusted Biden, while 54% said they trusted congressional Republicans more. That has to drive the people at CNN, just the liberals, absolutely crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. You're, you're you're talking about, when you talk about it, you're talking about a, and, and you think about it, you know, Kevin McCarthy is the, the focal point, but if you really look at it, who gets the most airtime is Comer and Jim Jordan. That's what the American people yeah. sees more, more than even Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And that drives the left absolutely crazy because it shows that Comer and Jordan are being effective right. in what they do. Or, right. Right. or it, okay, um, let me qualify that. It shows that either they believe that Comer, Jordan, uh, and, and, uh, McCarthy, uh, have a better handle on what's going on in America or, Biden is so bad and the Democrats are so bad. They just go, all right, these guys can't be worse. Yeah, I guess Hmm. it's 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 one or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, You have. uh, Let me see. What was it? Among those who are working, 70 percent told the CBS poll that their work income was not keeping up with inflation. And you and I said this. It doesn't matter. You know, the whole thing, I actually think using the term Bidenomics, and we said this early on, was going to come back to bite them. It was a mistake to use that. If we were a political, if we were political consultants from the Democrats, we would have told them do not use Bidenomics because now. And and we would have told them not to use it because the Democrats were out pounding that the rate of inflation was going down. Mm-hmm. And you and I said, well, that really doesn't matter that the rate of inflation is going down. It's that the prices are still way over what they were a couple of years ago and wages aren't keep, you know, aren't keeping up and still core inflation of the things that you actually need, especially housing is still going up. And you and I talked about the fact that 
you know, that that, uh, you know, what it takes to get a, a, a mortgage right now. The cost of vehicles in general, which is near the average vehicles now fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, because if you want to buy a gasoline vehicle that normally would be cheaper, you're helping to subsidize the electric vehicles, which are being subsidized that nobody can afford. Yeah. Except people that are well off. The average person can't buy an electric vehicle. And now because they, as we saw Ford's loss this week of over $4 billion, what, in three months, was it? Or was that this year? Well, they've lost. I think that was the quarter. Was that the quarter? I think that was. I got to double check. On on electric vehicles, just on electric vehicles alone. And so that means that in order for them to make a profit and the profit that they're looking for, they raise the price on gasoline vehicles. And so that you know that's a and that's the second biggest purchase that people buy. Now it's more expensive. You see that uh, people are paying. I mean, it blew me away when we, you and I, earlier this year, were talking about the people that are paying eight hundred dollars to a thousand dollars for a car payment. Yeah, that was an estimate for the year. The they year. said uh, uh, from uh, between now and the end of the year, or uh, coupled with their other losses so far. And right. until the end of the year, it will be four and a half billion. And so, housing—the the the things that are skyrocketing to the roof—housing, buy a car, your two biggest purchases, and then um, what was the other thing? Oh, oh, and now we see gasoline prices are going up, and Saudi Arabia says we're going to keep the cuts up. Yeah, and gasoline is now going up. Gasoline is now up from three weeks ago, at least where I live, sixty cents a gallon. People feel that, yeah, and yeah, and absolutely. so that and that's the and as we have said, the biggest problem right here, seventy percent told CBS poll that their work income is not keeping up with inflation, while only thirty percent said it was keeping up. Sixty five percent said that they would rate the U.S. economy as bad, while only twenty nine percent would rate the U.S. economy good. And so, when people hear Bidenomics, that now will be used by Republicans to say they're promoting Bidenomics. Nobody buys it. Bidenomics is why they're going to turn it right around and say, you're in the situation you are right now because of Bidenomics. They're promoting it as good. We all know it's horrible. And Bidenomics, what name does that have in? Oh, Biden. And, yeah, and it, so, it's a, it's a horrible move. It, it yeah, was we, not and should not be part of the Biden brand. <laughs> 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 They, the, the the whole thing is because just a, actually the opposite. The Biden brand should not be a part of American economics. If the right. Biden brand, uh, you know, is it, it actually. Well, the Bi- it's, a, it's a proper descriptive. If you're if you're not in a positive light for all of us conservatives, if you're saying saying Bidenomics, it applies because things are so bad and. He's horrible well, as a president. Well, I, I think I think the term binomics really relates to the illusion of the economy. <laughs> the illusion of access to money. <laughs> oh, man. It's just <laughs> the yeah. illusion to access well, some money. Well, I like remember. That. <laughs> <laughs> remember what they said about the. Um, if we don't laugh, we'll cry. Oh, what, what was the. Uh, listen, you can't stop inflation act or something. Um, <laughs> the let's oh the let's make inflation worse let's, act yeah yes, exactly. exactly make make inflation great again act but the 
They were telling you, if you'll just listen, Mega, listen, if you'll just go out and spend a hundred grand on solar panels, you'll save four <laughs> percent. Imagine what you can do with that four thousand dollars if you spend a hundred thousand first. So, because this this is a all right, uh, this hour here is put on our political consultant hat. We would have told them as political consultants, are you out. out of your freaking minds? Yeah. No, it's you it's, don't promote the don't, fact people, the average person isn't even thinking about getting solar panels and an electric vehicle. And no. you're telling them, don't you realize that if you purchase an $80,000 electric vehicle, you'll get 7000 off? Oh, so it's only going to cost me 73000 Yeah. How do you out of your mind? Now, and, listen, we're not responsible for uh, what your state does on the mileage tax, <laughs> by the way. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it is insane. And but it's honestly, it is like everybody is smoking weed because you have to be out of it, completely out of it. it it's it's no secret. Uh, the president and his concerns with his. Um, whatever's going on with him, uh, whether it's uh, dementia or just slowing down but he is surrounded by countless people who are supposed to see everything and look at things and go hey we can't do this don't say the word bidenomics don't say that proudly ever people are hurting the perception is right now reality is the perception instead of perception is reality it is right now Every American family is dealing with inflation, and you can't turn that around because you caused it. And you're not going to well, – don't address it at all. Remember the media. Who who was it that didn't know scanners at uh, – was that Reagan? When was it? Who, who was mm. – Bush, 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 Bush didn't know the scan. Remember the scanners at the supermarket? And Bush, oh, what's this? Oh. And he was viewed as being oh, completely yeah, yeah, out yeah. of touch. Yeah, he right. doesn't go shopping anymore. Yeah, he right. doesn't realize what – well, that's actually nothing. That's that's nothing compared to the fact of you bragging and then personally attaching your name to Bidenomics and then saying things like, if you go out and buy $30,000 solar panels, you'll get 4% more off. See the savings you can have? Because that's completely out of touch, completely economically out of touch with what the normal person is, is, uh, is going through. Or when you start talking about how you can save on an electric vehicle where people cannot afford the average cost of a regular gasoline vehicle right now that you know the the the, the prices are you know the payments are 800 900 1000 dollars people are now paying mm-hmm. interest rates are going up interest rates are going to continue to go up the inflation rate has come down but inflation is still going up faster than it has in a long long time it is still core inflation is still i believe what for uh Twice, you know, twice as much. So prices aren't coming down. People, as Jamie Dimon predicted, would start running out of money, COVID money, this summer. Credit card debt is through the roof. Yeah. As as we all know, the signs are all bad, which means when the signs are all bad, it means people are worrying. And as we have stated, stated earlier in the show, before we even read this poll, when you have 70% of those who are working, say their income is not keeping up with inflation, that's the economy. 
That's right. the economy. The, when you talk about how's the economy doing, as we said earlier, people don't say, well, hold it. Let me go into CNBC and let me see what the durable goods report is and how much of service has gone in and what are the imports versus the exports. They simply say, how am I doing? And the one thing that is worse than a recession is inflation. Because inflation, like we have right now and have had, even though the rate has come down, prices are still going up. And now gasoline prices are going up, which people really recognize and will be sensitive to, especially because we've had such high inflation over the last few years. But the worst thing for an economy is not a recession, but inflation. Because when people are employed and they're working a job and can't keep up and then have to get a part-time job on top of that to Mm -hmm. just keep up, Mm -hmm. and then they still can't keep up, there is no solution for them. If you don't have a job, the solution in the past has been, but I will get a job. Now it doesn't matter if you have a job. The economy is so bad, and you're working your butt off. And that, again, is something that I don't believe uh, will be is fully registered right now. You see it in the polls, but when it comes to election time next year, how will people price that in in 2024 if if uh, Biden is still the president? You heard the panic on CNN yesterday with the polling numbers. Right. There's panic out there now. There's panic on the polling numbers. There's panic on the economy. There's panic on the, the actual effect of uh, inflation. And there's also panic because the other worst thing you can do as a politician Influence peddling. That's the worst thing that you really the worst thing. Well, influence peddling bribes. Yeah. But even influence peddling in general. Not paying your taxes. Influence peddling. Yeah. And both relate to possibilities of charges that could be filed. Political charges or criminal charges eventually eventually against Biden. Because if he had, remember, they talked about upkeeping his property and things like that. If other people paid for that and that was the money going to Joe and taxes weren't paid on it, that's a huge problem. Well, and it makes you wonder if the left now starts leaning on the whole economy thing. Well, you know, the the economy really is bad and the American people are feeling it. And you can say he's not fully to blame, but... Sorry, he's getting the blame and blah, blah, blah. And you ignore all the Hunter-related stuff. And they just try and go out that way. The American people aren't stupid. The polls on both the allegations and the economy are 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 horrible. Dismal. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at them right now, it's like, uh, why would you want to run? Why would you want to run? It's not good. And I think there's an underlying fear with even all the indictments against Trump. The Democrats are afraid. Then you add Cornell West into it. There is a fear The you know, the media is out promoting, you know, and at times that, oh, this is it. We're going to get him. We're going to get him. We're going to. And they're not sure. Right. And every time because they look at Biden, they look at Kamala Harris. Well, I, here's yeah. this. I, you know, I wonder how many Democrats, you know, because. Uh, Newsom's uh, uh, apparently they have the the debate set up between Newsom and uh, 
supposed to be early November, mm-hmm. that Newsom's people have said, yeah, he's we're, we'll, we're going to do it. Okay. Just this week. All so right. yeah. that debate is on. There's probably a lot of people that don't want Newsom because because if Newsom gets on there and oh, gets blasted because oh, oh, oh. his Babylon B said, all right. So the guy that people, the, the guy who state people are moving massively out of has decided to debate the guy, the governor, uh, who state people are massively moving into right. about which state is better. I mean, right. it's just, that basically tells it right there. The people have already voted. Ask them. Yeah. Or ask you, Hall. We'll get to that, though, that the debate coming up and what the political consequences may be on that. There's a huge upside for DeSantis. I don't see the huge upside for Newsom for doing it. Mm. No. Uh, um, because it's one-on-one. There's one. not. One-on-one, yeah, one, no audience, right. and Hannity. Yeah. Yeah. There's not. 866-90-RED-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. Compliance Safety Accountability, or CSA, is the FMCSA Safety Compliance and Enforcement Program. Its goal is to hold motor carriers and drivers accountable for highway safety and to reduce crashes, injuries, and fatalities on our roads. CSA does this by assessing the safety performance of motor carriers and drivers based on data collected during roadside inspections, crash reports, and FMCSA investigations. Based on the data that is compiled, motor carriers are assigned a score. The carrier is then grouped with other carriers who have had a similar number of safety events. Carrier scores within the group are then ranked to determine intervention priority. Low scores are better, so carriers with the highest scores are those that are most likely to be targeted for intervention by the FMCSA. Interventions range in severity and may include warning letters, roadside, off-site, or on-site inspections, civil penalties, or operation out-of-service orders. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up uh, following the bottom of uh, the uh, the hour, this debate may be better than the debate coming up here in uh, in August, <laughs> to, depending on whether Trump is part of it. Here's the thing. If the debate coming up, if Trump isn't part of it, will anybody care? Even Republicans. Now, the other debate is one in November coming up between Newsom and DeSantis. Right. That, I think, could draw a pretty decent audience. Because no, I think what, it will, yeah. Because what you said yesterday, somebody else also brought up. We'll talk about that. I saw your tweet. Mm. Excuse me. You're, you you X'd. You, I posted it. You it's, called it. A, it's called a post now. I don't know where the oh. post is. Something about an X. Okay. You post or repost. You don't tweet or retweet. Okay. So you post on X. Yeah. Yeah, I saw your post on X. <laughs> I'm never going to get used to that. Never. Yeah. We get used to everything. That I just won't. It's clunky. And plus more bad news Mm. for Hunter and Joe Biden. Coming up.
So good, you know you want to listen again with our podcast. Available on our app and at RedEyeRadioShow.com. And he is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, good morning. Thank you for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live uh, overnight. So, yeah, it looks like it's on. looks like the uh, the right now the Newsom, uh, the Newsom camp said, yeah, okay, debate. And it's supposed to be like November 9th or 10th or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Hannity, no audience. And it's Gavin Newsom against DeSantis. Which state is better, Florida that's basically going to be the debate, Florida or California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, and and you had said this yesterday, which was really true. This is a debate that, and somebody else wrote an article on it today, too. Yeah, that, that the founders would love. They, have, they would have welcomed this. And yesterday afternoon, Noel Rothman over at National Review uh, echoed that point and a couple of others in a in a great uh, article, and I posted that on X Twixter, uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter, and uh, you can read it. And it's but it is that the the idea is that that's exactly the whole point of it. This mm-hmm. multi state experiment that we have. And let's look at the facts, right? Let's look at the facts of what public policy is and what this is what I'm anxious for Newsom to put on display for those that look at him and haven't really vetted him outside of California. If you're watching him, he's I believe he would put on display the type of things that Obama talked about. Well, the government should be doing more for you. And he'll talk about things like equity and all of these things. One of the first questions that has to come up. uh, What about reparations, Governor? Where are you on that? (laughs) You know, I'm sorry, that's just funny. it, it, It has to be a question. Because it was. He started that all over again. He wasn't the first to mention it over the years, but he started the whole thing in California and then came back with it. Well, it's not about money. Actually, it is about money. So where are you? And those are the things that I think uh, our founders were looking at in terms of the societies of the state, the cultures are different in states. And it, and it does have to do with uh, sometimes the uh, just the simple behavior of, of certain cultures that have settled in states and have been there for a long, long time. And then, of course, the influence, the overwhelming influence of public policy and how that drives the change and the shift in cultures in certain states. And this is what our founders knew. And I think they would be they would love love to watch a debate like that in 2023 all these years later well you know the the uh, the whole small town song is about culture mm-hmm. of rural areas versus right uh, where our where our urban centers have gone and is it sure. political yes because the rural areas still remain primarily conservative mm-hmm. 
and the large urban areas are insanely now, insanely liberal. Where, yeah. where the fact is, I mean, I if, if I'm amazed that you don't have traditional liberals upset that what they call what's happening today and that that the Democratic Party endorses as liberalism. <laughs> you think that some traditional liberals like a Jonathan Turley or a Dershowitz would be upset. Those aren't liberals. Stop that. Sort of like when we say, yeah, right. when people sit there and go, I'm a conservative. What do you believe? And it's like, no, you're not a conservative. No. It's popular to say that, but that's how ins- insane they have, uh, they, they have gone. That's, you know, that, that song is clearly, uh, about that. Mm-hmm. It's clearly, you know, we, we talked about the video of the guy robbing the store in California that got beat with the broom handle. Yeah. And attacked by the, it looks like 7 Eleven employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, that viral video that went out there and you read the responses on it and people are people are like yeah and by the way if you are arrested i will don't i can't tell you how hundreds of people saying if you're arrested for this you cuz the guy walked out on his own the the guy that they they, they yeah, tackled right. and then yeah. hit and when they were they were almost spanking him with mm-hmm. the broom handle on his bottom mm-hmm. i mean that was the part that got a chuckle out of me but this guy walked in with like a sixty-gallon barrel, you know, garbage can, mm-hmm. and was just taking, just wiping stuff off the shelves and putting it in, as if nobody was going to stop him. And they decided to do it. Well, that's a property rights issue. It's not a racial issue, right? It's a property rights issue. Yep. yep. You don't do that, right? You respect other people's property, and that when we see what's going on in the cities today, saying that shoplifting is okay. That's not a racial issue. It's nope. an issue of whether you respect other people's property or not. And so that's the kind of thing that we're dealing with. And you're seeing it. You're seeing that in the big cities now uh, and and where it's like it's unacceptable. We said it when these laws started a few years ago. Well, if you steal 800 bucks, we're not really going to fill out a report on that right. because, uh, you yeah. know, people are just taking what they need. No. Nope. There are legitimate services and places you can go if you if you need something. If there's a problem, yep, you don't. Have, and as we know, that's a load of what it's become is a load of BS because we know these are organized rings now. Yeah, it's it's, it's almost organized crime. Going, oh, fine, we can we can do this. These are organized rings doing it, and it's reprehensible. And the liberal politicians are all for it. Oh, they. They abs- because they thrive on the chaos. Yep. And so that's part of the culture. The other thing is part of the culture of how what government should uh, should provide uh, to, uh, to to people and how because of the insanity of the modern climate change movement, which I don't really believe in either. Do you is really about climate change? It's about government being able to control capital. It yeah. is the socialist right. Marxist movement uh, moving in. Just like we had said, now that NFL season has started, by the way, is any team interested in Kaepernick? And we said it a long <laughs> time ago, and we were told by some in our audience, you guys are reading too much into it. And we said, no, we're not. We know what's going on with Kaepernick. We paid attention yeah. to the, remember the when Kaepernick started talking about Cuba, and then you had that yeah. uh, Cuban-American sports writer in Miami get on his case big time. And we said, this isn't about cops. This isn't about bad cops. It's about 
trying to tear down institutions to promote socialism. Yep. And we said that's yep. what Nike, by endorsing him, is actually doing. Yep. And we we thought it was important, and then it came out that, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, Kaepernick's basically admitted that. Yeah, this is all about promoting, you know, my socialist well, ideology. And, and, you know, to ahead. that extent, the left has been successful in tearing down a great deal of that part of the institution. And you think about uh, a nation of laws. Uh, it requires uh, enforcement. And the idea now of serving as a police officer in a major city, who wants to do that? Even those who still uh, love the idea and are drawn to the idea of serving, uh, they just look at that and say, well, but I'm going to be the enemy and I'm not going to get support there locally. The leaders there are not going to give me the support I need. And this is happening and playing out in all the major cities. And the left loves it because they understand fully what they have done. And people have dealt with that in their own lives where they go to work someplace and it's like, here's what your responsibility is and you need to do this. But yeah. if there's any mistakes, we won't back you whatsoever. Right. Even if the mistake is not your fault, right. we won't back you. Nobody right. wants to work there right? and no police want to work there. But when we get to the socialist part of it, how it affects the economy with climate change and everything else and taxes and what they provide, uh, the list came out. And I'm sure that this is something that uh, DeSantis will bring up. Mm. Uh, and this is the the cost of this is the most and least expensive U.S. states based on average monthly costs. This does not include taxes. Yeah. All right. right does right, not include right. taxes. Yeah. This is based on your mortgage or rent, auto loan, utilities. Now, there's some there's some taxes in all of this, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. utilities, auto insurance, cable, Internet and phone health insurance, mobile phone, alarm and and security, and life insurance. That's what they used. does not include income taxes or anything like that, the tax burden that you have. The number one state, Hawaii. Hmm. Number two, California. Number three, the most expensive U.S. states based on monthly costs, Hawaii, California, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Maryland, Connecticut, New York, Washington, Colorado, and Alaska. So you have a more blue state at number 10, but we understand why the cost is more expensive there. Mm-hmm. You mean a more red state? What did I say? Alaska, you said more blue? More red state. I mean, yeah. Yes. Yeah, thank you very it, much. It's, it, uh, with Alaska, it's all about how you get goods there and even within the state. Uh, the shipping of goods is, is just it, – it's – exceptionally hard least expensive states west virginia mississippi arkansas oklahoma kentucky indiana south dakota new mexico mm-hmm. missouri and alabama mm-hmm. and those are the the bottom two. right right uh, least expensive yep so yeah and i'm sure that desantis is going to use that california is up top there at number yeah. two sure now hawaii is a different case too. again getting goods out there getting right. you know goods to the islands an isolated place yep sure is is much tougher mm-hmm. california has none of those excuses nope none. and so it's that's why i think it's going to be a that will be a pretty interesting debate and i think that will draw on a that may draw on a bigger audience than the republic if if trump is not in the republican uh one uh uh, uh 
primary debate, mm-hmm. I I think that uh, you know if he is, I think they'll get pretty big numbers. Right. But if he's not, I think the numbers for DeSantis and Newsom could possibly be higher because that's really when you think about it, that's that's the issue. It's the state's issue there. We know now, and there's a lot of focus right now in this country about the states that are doing well, mm. and especially post-COVID. Mm-hmm. So it's COVID, lockdowns, the economy, taxes, uh, the the cultural issues, critical race theory, mm-hmm. liberal, radical, transgender activist movement, all of that, and states going one way or the other way on that. That is a debate, and... When you take Florida and California, that is the debate. Yeah. Right there. It is. That's the debate in this country right now. And two specific personalities that will be arguing why one is better than the other could be good. Yeah. I can't could wait. Be good. I can't wait. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You look at this here. Multnomah County, where I used to live, mm. uh, is where Portland, uh, Oregon, is located. Reportedly lost more than $1 billion in income between 2020 and 2021 as a result of residents fleeing the state mm-hmm. amid surging crime, homelessness, and safety concerns. Data analysis conducted by Oregon Live showed that's I believe that's the Oregonian newspaper there in Portland mm. showed that 14,257 tax filers and their dependents left Multnomah County during the first year of the pandemic in 2020 and took a record 1 billion dollars of income with them wow mm. the data showed that higher earners were more likely to leave because they can't since their jobs could be done remotely during coronavirus shutdowns and that the average income of people leaving was 14% higher than people who left the year before. Yeah. Before 2020, Portland had experienced 15 consecutive years of growth. Yep. It's at, and at some point, Again, you can't afford to stay. We've been saying this for a while now. Uh, I I met someone who was in Portland, and she said uh, it was so bad. And she grew up there, and she was working a new job and now lives in Missouri and said, I'm working this job. I love it here. It's totally different, and I'm saving up the money to move my mother out here with me and take care of her here. And she said... It's so horrible to see what's happened to our city. And we love Portland. And I don't know what, how old she was. I'm guessing in mid-30s, maybe. And you think about that over the years, how it's changed and it's gotten so bad. And you just couldn't stay.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.